Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Tales, Outer Tales, Space, Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following Tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Story number one, Ancient Rituals, written by Rosie013. Devon hastily inspected the car of the latest individual to knock at the secret door of his nearly forgotten part of the city. It was difficult to tell exactly in the gloom of dusk, but it seemed to be adequate for admittance. He stepped back and indicated that the visitor enter. He didn't know it was a near stranger or a long-time friend. The ornate face mask obscured their identity. Between this and the ever-present darkness, he wasn't even sure if the latest guest was male or female. It wouldn't be the last individual to show up tonight of all nights, but it was the last one needed to reach the minimum threshold for the ancient yearly ritual to begin. In his role of priest of rites, Devar could now lead his charges to about a year ahead once more. He indicated to the side table, stacked with small fortune of worldly goods and decorative scriptures, and the latest guest obediently placed their offering upon the table of sacrifice. The other cultists watched amid a muffled conversation, their symbolic giving already made. Devar made an appropriate gesture and the conversation stopped as they shuffled around the central table, standing evenly spaced, waiting eagerly. With another gesture, Dovar's appearance disappeared momentarily, and then reappeared with a young child in tow, his face the only one uncovered in the room. The poor boy was nearly in tears. Perfect. Tears were desirable, if not strictly required. It was an omen of good things to come in the year ahead. The child was made to approach the table in the middle of the room and hold onto the candle bra resting at the center, heavily gilt and ending in several wicked-looking prongs. The relic was probably as old as the ritual itself, if not older. The truth of its origin was lost to time, like so much of the old days. It really was too bad it had to be a fresh child every year, there was no way to teach them how to behave for the ceremony without breaking the secrecy requirements. Devar leaned in, set the stubby husks of stagnant wax gunpowder candles alight. The darkness in the room retreated a little, creating deeper and almost demonic shadows madly dancing in the firelight. The scents of dirty smoke and old sweat filled the room. The boy's sobs rose just a little. Sitting right on the edge of hearing, he did not know what was coming, but could feel it nonetheless. The ritual would have added the side effect of inducting him into the ancient order, the first step to becoming one of the cultists, and if he was lucky, the journey to priesthood. Slowly, Devar and his apprentice began to chant. Picking up the rhythm, the cultists quickly joined in, all eyes either on the boy or the flames. The words are old 
and their meanings lost, yet each is pronounced clearly and concisely, lest they accidentally stray into unknown territories of unknowable gods. The power of the chant grows steadily to a crescendo, and Devar breaks the pattern with a repeated cry at odds with the ceremony so far. As one, the cultists reply with a single deafening cheer, and this is repeated thrice. Without warning, the candles go out at once, replacing the near darkness with total darkness, and the boy's sobs become a steady cry. After a moment, everyone's eyes readjust to the gloom, confirming that the boy had not let go of the artifact. Success! Nervous chatter and quiet laughter take over the small space, as the cultists let their relief show. Devar lets them. He can hardly contain his own satisfaction at another successful performance. Time to loosen the boy's grip and comfort him. After a few minutes, the assistant brings forth the meal of contemplation, the simple, plain sugared bread cake from times gone. It is the poorest meal any of them will eat all year, but it is a time of appreciation of simple things, to reflect of a ritual and exactly what kind of bounty it may bring in the coming months. Mouth full of crumbly but sweet bread cake, Duval wonders the same mysteries that priests and rites have always been wondering for centuries. Who exactly was happy birthday, and what kind of god was he to require such a yearly appeasement? End of story. Story number two. Owls then. Written by Rosie013. Gita Zix looked down at his beak and over his half-moon glasses at the smaller ambassador. He didn't squirm or fidget, although she should be. In fact, the human ambassador should be overly vocal with gratitude. There wasn't. She sat calmly, waiting for the full explanation to this emergency meeting. Maybe the human genuinely didn't know. Impossible. How any species could be so indifferent of the suffering of its own kind was beyond him. Fighting back a deep sigh, Gitazix decided to start from the beginning. He politely explained to the human ambassador that during a routine welfare check of the restless deceased, his people had discovered a band of stranded humans that appeared to be crash survivors. The crew had made efforts to recover them, but were unable due to the hostile nature of the Hellworld. He slid a data slate over to the diminutive human. On it were several images taken from high orbit of the volcanically active planet, heavily zoomed in and in poor quality due to the prevalent heat haze. Despite this, the images clearly showed a cluster of shanty buildings and a nearby earthworks, one of the building's roofs marked with the symbol of humanity. After a moment of scrolling through the offered slate, the human asked Gitazix what exactly he meant by restless deceased. Ah, that was the confusion. Humans must be one of those species that had their hull on the other side of the veil of time. He can't check on the dead if there is no way to get to them. Poor bastards. Slowly, as did not overwhelm the human ambassador with this information, he explained that when his people died, if they had been uh, morally unjust in their lives, then their soul went to a Howwold to be punished. This was well-known fact and had been for several millennia. 
It was why their empire was so little crime. Their souls would endure suffering the likes of which could not be found anywhere else in the known universe. If a ship of humans had crashed there, they would suffering torments not meant for the likes of the living beings. They would have to be rescued with the highest priority. She took this in thoughtfully, before asking why they performed welfare checks on their dead. Was the ambassador daft? Wasn't it obvious? No, Gitazix couldn't, shouldn't pass judgment. How were the humans to know his people's ways? They were still fresh to the galactic sea, and their two cultures had not yet had much contact with one another. It wasn't the ambassador's fault for not understanding. Even if the human seeming indifferences to the blight of other humans was disturbing. Gitazix explained that when a soul was redeemed, then they could manually be transported to the heaven world. A soul was considered to be redeemed when their demons grew disinterested in its suffering. The human considered this, then asked if that meant the planet belonged to the Empire. He barely contained his frustration. Humans were clearly not an empathetic creatures. His response was almost yelled across the meeting room table. Of course not! Who in the right mind would want it? The silence stretched. Gitazix had calmed down and was beginning to regret his outburst when the human ambassador spoke up, quietly but firmly. How's then? Gitazix was stunned, silent. The human didn't seem to mind, instead opting for an explanation. Easily accessible rare earth metals in a molten rock, only a couple of earthquakes every year, and the acid rain isn't half as bad as it was back home a hundred years ago. As for the demons, we call them cats, and they're actually native to our whole world. We have no idea how wild population of them got out there. Our latest mining colony is growing fast and looking like it will be very profitable over the next few centuries. The silence grew louder. Don't worry, we won't interfere with the souls of your dead. After the human ambassador had left the room, Gitazix nervously groomed some of the feathers to help calm himself. Thank the gods that these meetings were recorded. The council would never believe this otherwise. The humans on the Howl world didn't need rescuing. All of humanity needed rescuing. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.